Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Chris Dupre. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Uh, standing over there just thinking about the car show coming up and and uh, I'm, I'm tempted to bring my 1997 Forerunner with uh, 309,000 miles just so that everybody could see that it's real. It's right there. It's, but I'm not going to because it's hard for it to go this far. <laughs> kind of like me in the morning. Um, I was just thinking also while I was over there, it was in the dark, and I just looking out at all the, the numbers and the faces, and, and I was reminded of the goodness of God because uh, I've said this here before, but um, I couldn't speak in front of people. I got out of every oral book report, the only kid to ever um, get through and get a good grade in speech class without giving a speech. Uh, this was this was foreign territory for me, and years ago, <clears throat> um, I remember uh, this was back in North Chi Lai, New York, where I was pastoring at the time, um, and I'd gone through the whole kind of miracle for me to be able to get up and to talk in front of people. Um, as I said, the, the number two. Um, Greatest, the second greatest fear in the United States. Do you know what that one is? It's the fear of death. Yeah. Number one is the fear of public speaking. People would rather die than speak in public. Or in other words, they'd rather be inside the casket instead of giving the word at the funeral. That's kind of how it is. And so... That's how it was. Fear's a fear's a terrible thing, and uh, <clears throat> so I'm I'm standing over there going, okay, I got to talk again, and I just remember years ago back in North Chile, I, I thought I'd gotten through the whole thing, and I felt I was very confident, and I remember <clears throat> I always wanted to make sure that whatever I did, um, Lord, thank you for being there, thank you for going ahead of me, and this time I was like, no, I got this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I came up and I, I stood behind the, the pulpit <clears throat> and suddenly everything went black, just down to this tiny little light in the middle. And I could not see anything or anyone and I'm holding on to the pulpit and, I, and people later asked me, I said, that was such a precious moment, you before the Lord. I said, no, no, I was holding on so I won't fall over. <laughs> that, there was no preciousness involved except to the point where I got, oh Lord, I really don't have this. You have this. So I, I want to bring you back and include you in saying thank you for helping me. Um, instantly, all the, all the blackness went away. And I, I stood there again for you know, just another minute. And, and uh, so I'm standing over there saying the same thing. Lord, thank you that I'm going to be serious here. Thank you that I'm not vomiting before I have to get up. I did. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I used to say that I would ride the pickup, Chuck. 
All right, there you go. <clears throat> All this to say that we are so dependent. In him we live and move and have our being. So I think we've already had church, to be honest with you. I'm, okay, then I'll go. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be long, but turn to Luke chapter 10, if you would. Luke chapter 10. This is, uh, Nathan is given a series called uh, Parables and Miracles. And <clears throat> this morning, I want to read uh, and go through one that is, it's very well known. It's one of the, it's one of the more popular ones. <laughs> I don't know if there's, if there's a popular parable, but it sounds like a good book, Popular Parables. Um, <clears throat> So in, in, uh, in Luke chapter 10, I want to start out, I want to read it first, and then we'll kind of go back. Um, <clears throat> oh, you know what? It's totally not in John 10, no matter how much I try. <laughs> See, I, I turned to it before I put my glasses on. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You've answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus answered and said, What a great way that Jesus answered. In instead of giving him this trite little, Well, your neighbor is the person that you're near. It's, it's not. A certain man went down from Jericho to Jerusalem and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, certain priests came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. <coughs> Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denera, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. It's interesting, I <clears throat> picked this particular parable uh, a couple weeks ago, and then just looking at what's going on in the world now, and the division, and the pain, um, I'm not here to get political, I'm here uh, simply Bible, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, love well, and the tap on the shoulder of the ISIS soldier that Jesus is ready to forgive. 
So if we live in, in, in something else, we, we often <coughs> live in a place that uh, our, our anger and our thoughts and opinions have more power than the Word of God. So I would say during this time, embrace the Word of God in a way that makes sense to your heart. Uh, embrace it in the truth that is there. And um, if we do, I, I think we need it, it, we're at a point where we can watch God do something incredible. I know that sounds bizarre at this time, but um, I'm watching God. I'm not watching the enemy's hand. Okay? Is that okay? Yep. All right. It's a ton I can say. I love, I love politics. I love international intrigue and all that goes with it. I have thoughts and I have great opinions on all of it. Um, but last time I, I looked, God wasn't asking for my opinion. He was asking me to love and to pray well. So um, <clears throat> we've all heard this parable many times. It's, uh, it's actually part of our everyday life. Um, oh, I was being a good Samaritan today. We, we use that expression. Uh, um, oh, go be a good Samaritan and do this. Matter of fact, we have good Samaritan laws now. I was looking up the, well, there's, a, there's one um, for, there's a national uh, Good Samaritan law. There's also a Pennsylvania Good Samaritan law. They differ a little bit. Um, some, some say, whatever you do in good faith, that's the term, in good faith. If you're an observer, you come in in good faith and you try to do something to help a situation. If something goes wrong, you're not blamed for it, um, that kind of a thing. Uh, and, and yet, in a couple of states, if you, if you come in, even in good faith, if you do anything, you're, you're equal to that person that did the injustice. So check, check your state. By the way, Pennsylvania, we're okay. We got a good one. Um, not that I'm planning on, you know, rescuing someone with a broken neck from a river, but you never know. Um, <clears throat> verse... 25, it starts out with a lawyer. Uh, that's not always the best start to a story. Um, <laughs> I'm from a family of lawyers. Um, my nephew's a lawyer, an uncle that's a lawyer. I've got cousins that are lawyers, uh, a lot of lawyers in the family. Um, we, can, uh, we can talk with the, with the best of them. I'm not one, but I can keep up with them. <clears throat> um, but it starts with a lawyer. It starts with kind of a legal question to answer a spiritual application. And, and if you start off to try to look at something spiritual with legal eyes, you're in trouble. And, and that's kind of, we can do that now. So I, I, the, the idea that you want justice, I am all for that. But justice can sometimes not be connected to a, a spiritual truth. When justice is disconnected from the word of God and the heart of God, it, it becomes a legalistic sword that what we want to press through the heart of people. Yeah. <clears throat> I was saying last week, we were talking about um, some aspects of the, uh, in, in Sunday sessions, it was the last week or the week before, about the spirit of God and, and how he moves and, and prophetically how he moves. Um, and the the areas of to comfort and encourage and exhort. In 1 Corinthians 14, it speaks about these, these different things. We get to the word exhort, and often we think that's permission to yell at people. 
biblical permit to exhort. So we have this English idea of what exhort means. Actually, the, the, uh, the Greek um, idea of that is to carry the person or to carry the, the load that they're carrying. So it, it, it exhort, I don't even have permission to, to strongly give you my opinion outside of the word of God in me doing it with love. So it's a, a, a legal, a legal, um, legal eyes. We have to be careful. If legal eyes aren't connected to a God of of affection, we're hurtful. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, he he says, you know, teacher, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And basically, Jesus says, well, what's the word say? What do you know is true? Well, love the Lord with all your God, all your heart, soul, mind. And strength, and he throws in your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you're right. Just go do this and live. And then he says, wanting to justify himself. And this is, the, this is where it all turns. Wanting to justify himself. Another translation of that is, what's the least I should do? Ooh. You ever been in that one? Hey, we got some volunteers uh, to do some work on Saturday. Are you free? I cannot lie. I'm free. What do I say? How do I manipulate it so I can do the least I have to do? And so we become people of the least we should do. What was that? said help us. Actually, this is all about you, Tom. No, it's not. Tom does the most. Ooh. So I want to look at. I want to go back and look at this parable a little bit closer. I want to go through it kind of verse by verse. I know I've read it, but I want to go through it because there's, you know, just like anything when Jesus is talking, there's more than what you are hearing. And that's why to meditate on the word, you, you begin to see things that you didn't see before. I, I want to encourage you, even those, those stories that you've heard so many times before, whether it's in Genesis, Exodus, uh, whether it might be, you know, Psalms or Proverbs. And, oh, I've read that. I know that verse. Um, there's, there is more. He's always inviting you to more. And, and in this one, <clears throat> um, I, I just, I, I love this story. A certain man. We don't know who he is. Uh, we don't know much about him. We know he's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Uh, I would suggest that this man is a Jew because Jesus brings along a Samaritan later on. So it makes sense if this was a Samaritan, it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, <clears throat> by the way, who are the Samaritans? Uh, you you, you got to go back kind of to Nebuchadnezzar and some things that he did and how things were established. And the history is, is kind of fun. But what happened is um, they ended up s splitting. Uh, that's Nebuchadnezzar would do this. He would come into a place and he would try to divide different peoples. And what would happen then over time, those peoples would uh, marry local, they would take on local customs that would then be uh, at odds against each other, and he, he would come into an area and totally divide the people one against another. I mean, it was, it was so devilish, it was unbelievable. And out of all of that came the Samaritans, so they built their own temple. The Jews said it's pagan, and they hated them, and here's, <laughs> this is unbelievable. They called them half-breeds. But the Jews hated the Samaritans so much that the Jews would cross the Jordan River and go down instead of going through Samaria. 
they literally would cross the road and not help. They would literally cross the Jordan River. It was a common thing. There was a place along there where the Jews would cross the river near Samaria in, in this low-hanging place in the river. They'd cross the river so that they didn't have to deal with these people that they hated. Well, that's loving. So, <clears throat> coming from Jerusalem, he's probably a Jew. That's why Jesus put the Samaritan in to help him. Also, the road, by the way, is a 17-mile stretch from Jerusalem to Jericho. Um, and back then, it was called the Way of Blood. It was known to be an extremely dangerous road. People that took it usually took it with people that went with them. They had guards. They had whatever they needed to. Um, if, if, uh, if you were traveling alone, um, in this particular case, we don't see the, the priest and the Levite who come up. We don't see them jumped because they knew that they probably didn't have anything to give them. But this